All right, open your Bibles with me to John chapter 9. I've been excited to preach this passage. Our theme is Grace 2.0, and it's a reset. And we began it with Discipleship 2.0, and that is just reworking and, and setting in order the things that are wanting in our discipleship ministry. And then we looked at Ministry 2.0, and we are reworking so many different things, and then Missions 2.0, and the idea of faith, promise, missions, giving. And we want to increase the influence that we're having around the world through missions by each of us committing to uh, give something to missions every week. And this week, we're kind of taking a step back to the discipleship discussion. And this, this whole chapter is where Jesus Christ heals a blind man and the interaction between Jesus and the blind man, and then the Pharisees, the blind man, and it ends up with Jesus making a statement on it. So let's go to Lord in prayer, and then we'll look at this passage. Lord, thank you so much for Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for the opportunity to minister here. Lord, thank you for these children, these young people that have ministered to you and to us through music today. And Lord, we pray that you'll bless their lives and that they'll continue serving you in that way. And Lord, uh, help us now as we study your word. Lord, we do want to be different when we leave here than when we came in. And I, I do think that if we'll focus on this passage and see what happens in the life of this man, that we will uh, be changed. So help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Blind from his birth. Can you imagine never having seen anything? Can you imagine that? Uh, my, my whole life is looking at things and reading and seeing and, and I love art and I, I love beauty. And can you imagine never having seen anything? And his disciples asked him saying, Master, look at this question. Who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Isn't that interesting? Can you imagine looking at a blind person and asking that question? Who did sin? Why did they? Now, how many of you have ever noticed that and thought that was a weird question? All right? Can you imagine if I made a hospital visit? You go to the hospital and you're in the hospital. You've got some struggles and, and Hannah is having surgery on her foot. And I ask the question, who sinned, Hannah or her father? I think we all know the answer to that question. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a weird question to ask? Why did they ask this? Remember that these disciples had been fully immersed in the Jewish culture, in the Jewish lifestyle, completely immersed in that. And what happened was in Hosea chapter 12 and verse 3, there's a discussion about Jacob and Esau. And so when those two twins were being born, the Bible says that it's like there was a war going on in the womb. And the mother said, Jesus, or God told the mother, you have two nations in your womb. Andrea, that's what it feels like, isn't it? That's when you have twins. That's... But in that text, it talks about how Jacob grabbed hold of Esau's heel so that he wouldn't beat him out of the womb. And so what the Pharisees, what the religious leaders had done was they had developed a teaching from that that a person, if a person had life in the womb, then they could sin in the womb. And if you sinned in the womb, then that would result in punishment in life. 
Those guys had way too much time on their hands. Can you imagine thinking that a child could sin in the womb? It, 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 they could, certainly could not sin by choice. It's a very interesting thing. And so that's the basis for this question. Verse 2 again, And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now look at verse 3. This is, I, I think that this is a very important verse in the Bible. Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents. Now, let me ask you a question. Does that mean that they had never sinned? No, 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 no. He's responding to their question. This problem, this blindness that this man had had from birth, it was not based on actions. Now, we do understand that his blindness or anyone's uh, maladies are all the result of Adam's fall in the garden. For as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So what happened was Adam sinned in the garden, and every bit of trouble that we have now is a result of that. Is that right? And now before we get too mad at Adam, we need to understand that we would have sinned as soon as we could as well, because we're people. And so, But that's where this sin, or this blindness, not this sin, this blindness, ultimately came from was the sin of Adam and, and sin entering into the world. But now look at what Jesus says in the middle of verse 3. The beginning, Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Do you know what I want you to write right there, if you would? Me too. Do you know that you were created so that the works of God could be made manifest in you? That you were created, you young people. Lydia's graduation party is today. John's having a graduation party soon. Nathan's having a graduation party. Um, Kinsey and uh, 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 Kayla are having a graduation party. Uh, Michael just graduated from college yesterday. AJ, where's AJ at? Where's AJ? I don't see you, AJ. AJ's graduating. So many different, all of these kids, they're, they're finishing something. And they're graduating. They're moving on. Here's the thing. God created you for a purpose. And that purpose is for you to bring glory to Him. And you know what's amazing? You're going to bring glory to Him. Either through your success or your failure. You're living for Him or you're walking away from Him. He will receive glory through all of it. He'll receive glory through your holy life. Or He'll receive glory as He brings judgment into your life. Which one's better, do you think? As you bring glory to Him, you were created for the works of God to be manifest in you. But moms and dads, you you parents, all of us, those of you who don't have children, it doesn't matter where you are in life, you are still here so that the works of God can be made manifest in you. Do you believe that? So were His works made manifest in you this week? Were you used for His glory This week. See, this is not just a religious exercise. This is who we are. We were created for a purpose. And that purpose is for God to work in us and through us. And what a wonderful thing it is when that happens. Praise God. Now, look at what it says in verse 4. I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. And what we see in the Gospel of John is all through the Gospel of John, we see a physical situation where Jesus speaks about things and people see it physically, but Jesus is dealing with it spiritually. So this man is physically blind, right? He can't see. 
Well, Jesus is going to deal with something far greater than physical blindness. He's going to deal with spiritual blindness. Look what the Bible says. Verse 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Do you know that blind people can have the light of the world? Isn't that awesome? And there are many seeing people that are spiritually blind. There are blind people that can spiritually see. Seeing people that are spiritually blind. That's what Jesus says to the church at Laodicea. He says, because thou art rich and increased with goods and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked... He says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. He says, white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and eye salve that thou mayest see. Jesus understands that the world is spiritually blind. How many of you know that like with the, uh, the gay marriage thing, when you try and explain it to the world, they do not understand? Have you noticed that? Do you know why? They're spiritually blind. They don't understand right from wrong. They don't understand what the Bible says because the Bible says that the carnal mind cannot receive the things of God because they are spiritually discerned. They don't have spiritual discernment. Jesus Christ said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And ultimately, one day, there's not going to be need for the sun or the moon because Jesus Christ is going to be the light. Isn't that awesome? And Jesus Christ is the light of the world, not only physically, but spiritually. And here, He's going to deal with this man's blindness, but He's here for a greater purpose than physical blindness, he's there for spiritual blindness. Now, look at what he does. This is a weird deal. Verse 6. I bet you if this guy had seen that Jesus was doing this, he might have reacted differently. Look at what Jesus does. And when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. I think this is where mothers got it. Uh, my mother-in-law is here, Michelle Brown, and Laura said that she saw this one time. Apparently her father had something on his face and driving down the road and Michelle decided she was going to lick her finger and get it. He's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Don't you touch me with that. (laughs) You know why people do not like to be spat upon? All you moms, how many of you teenagers, your mom has done that to you, right? right? They're never going to stop. It just doesn't matter. It's, I don't know. what they, They're trying to be like Jesus, I guess. I don't know where they get this idea, but trying to keep you well-groomed and picking ants off you and eating them and things like that. It's mothers. It's what they do. I'm glad I got that out of the way this week. That would be a bummer Mother's Day message. <laughs> but he, he reaches down... And he, may, he picks up dirt, clay, and mixes it with his spittle and puts it on his eyes. That's a weird deal. But why is he doing this? He's the creator. He's identifying himself as the creator. What was man made of? Dust to the ground. What's Jesus doing? Apparently, when this guy was born, he was missing something. Jesus Christ put it back in. I don't know that that's exactly... I, I, I think that's what happened there. We have, now, we have some doctors that are... Any of you doctors, is this your method? <laughs> any of you use this? Uh, You've got to do surgery on the leg. Here, let me rub a little dirt in there. I'm going to get this cared for. <laughs> I don't think so. That's the difference between a doctor and the Creator. The Creator can heal. Doctors fix. 
right? Jesus Christ healed this man. What an amazing thing. And he puts this eye salve on his eyes. Then look at what happens. This is such an interesting thing. Verse 7, And he said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Now, what, now we all know that this happened because it's in the Bible. Right? But what we need to do is we need to step back and imagine what it would be like. Here you are, you're a blind man. You're sitting on the side of the road. You've never seen anything in your life. This guy comes along and he sees you and you hear... (laughs) And all of a sudden you feel something on your face. (laughs) And here's what Jesus tells him to do. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. You know, the Bible says that we're saved by grace... Through faith. Jesus could have just healed the man, but the man had to believe. And so the man believed and went and did what Jesus said and came away seeing. Can you imagine what it was like when he came up out of that pool? Have you ever listened to somebody on the radio, then you see them? I heard this guy say one time, he said, I have a face for radio and a voice for mime. (laughs) Have you ever seen these people on the radio? Have you ever noticed that a lot of the people that are on the radio are really quite ugly? They didn't make it on television. They are on the radio for a reason. Can you imagine what it was like for this guy? He comes up out of the water. He comes up out of the water and he sees people. I want you to think about something. He would not have even known what a person looked like. What does a dog look like? What does the sky look like? What's water look like? He's never seen anything. And he's so excited, now he can see. Can you imagine what it was like? And if you had known this man from birth, Laura and I had a, had a child who was blind from birth. His name was Riley. Riley was born. He only had one eye. The other eye he couldn't see in. He could respond to light a little bit, but he couldn't see. Every cell of his body was, was misshapen. He had an extra 13th chromosome, so an extra cell, and, or an extra chromosome. And, and he was just a very sick little boy. He had an extra finger on one hand. His, his chin hadn't developed. His, his, his forehead protruded. So we have little Riley, and we love Riley, like all of you parents love your children. What if Jesus had walked by and healed him? Now, he chose not to. We're going to see him again. Riley's going to be perfect. I think he's probably going to be a lot better looking than Jacob. (laughs) We're going to to see him, and he's going to be whole. And Jesus can do that at any time of his choosing. Isn't that wonderful? At any time of his choosing. But as a parent, if that had happened, that would have been a life-changing thing for me. That would have been a life-changing, life-altering thing for Laura. He'd be 20, he'd be 20 years old today. This, and he died May 10th, right? This coming Mother's Day. Um, as a parent... To see that, that'd be an amazing thing to see. Well, this blind man's parents got to see it. Look at what the text says. 
Um, look at verse 8. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him that was blind said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He's like him, but said, and, but he said, I am he. What's going on? So here's this guy that was blind and begging, and now he can see. And people, is, is that him? Is that, is that, is that Joe? Joe couldn't see. He is, he couldn't, that, that can't be because I, I just don't believe it. That's not him. And he said, it's me. It's me. I am he. Then look at what it says in verse 10. Therefore they said unto him, how were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, now notice what it says, a man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. And they then said they unto him, where is he? He said, I know not. Now I want you to see something. Here's a man, Jesus Christ has just healed him. He's just come to know Jesus Christ. And his first chance to witness for Jesus, he doesn't know the answer. That's interesting, isn't it? That's what happens to all of us. Remember the first time you tried to witness it for Jesus? You're all excited. You just got saved. You want to tell somebody about it? And they ask you a question. I don't know. Look at what goes on. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. Now notice what's going on. Immediately he is becoming a witness for Jesus Christ. You know, there are many of you that when you got saved, your life was so changed that you were immediately a witness for Jesus. People immediately saw a change in you. And now they take him to the religious leaders. Verse 14, uh-oh, here we go again. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. I think Jesus Christ is poking these guys. Don't you think so? Somehow, Jesus just keeps healing on the Sabbath. And here's what these Pharisees are saying. Who's this guy that keeps doing good stuff on the Sabbath? You need to know that nothing good happens on the Sabbath. It's like church. You know, people say, Pastor, I think that you are too silly in church because we are not supposed to have fun there. I'm saved. See? <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm just telling you, like Brother Ron said last week, you've got to read the Bible and see the humor in it and the sarcasm that Jesus had and the actions that he did. He is, he's healing the blind guy's eyes and he's poking the Pharisees in the eye. Right? So now look at what's going on. Verse 15. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed and do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that's a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. You might want to mark that. There's a division among them. Jesus Christ always brings division. Jesus Christ always brings division. Some of you are in families that have been divided because of Jesus. You've chosen to follow Jesus. Other family doesn't want to follow Jesus. Jesus Christ always brings division. You either accept Him or you reject Him. But you can't ignore Him. Then look at what happens. Verse 17. They say unto the blind man, What sayest thou of him that hath opened thine eyes? Now look at what he says. He's a prophet. Remember? What did he say earlier? Well, he's a man. This man, Jesus. Now he's a prophet. Where did he learn this? 
Here's what happens. When you witness for Jesus, God teaches you things about the Bible. The fastest way to grow in your understanding of God and the Bible is to talk about Jesus. The more that you witness, the more that you talk about Him, the more understanding the Holy Spirit would give you. Did, did the blind man go to discipleship before this? No. No. We're seeing his, his understanding grow. Now, why does he say that he's a prophet? Keep your place here in John 9. Go to Isaiah 42. <clears throat> and this is going to become really interesting in a minute. Not the message, this point. <laughs> There's no hope for this to be interesting. All right, Isaiah 46, look at what it says. Oh, 42, verse 6. Oh, you poor people that are taking notes. Isaiah 42, look at verse 6. I, the Lord... So if you look at verse 1 to see the context, it's speaking about Jesus. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Drop down to verse 6. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles. Now, isn't that interesting? Does that fit in with our text? What did Jesus Christ say? As long as I'm in the world, I am the what? Light of the world. God gave him as a light. For the Gentiles, God the Father. Then look at verse 7. To open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. So you have blindness and darkness. Blindness is a physical condition. The darkness is they are in bondage to their sin. And Jesus Christ has come. And in this case, He gave physical light, but He also wants to give spiritual light. That's how the blind man knew. He's a prophet. What do you mean he's a sinner? He's a prophet. Okay, go back to John 9, verse 18. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son who ye say was born blind? Who would say that? Isn't that interesting? Oh, you're just saying he was blind. Who's blind here? Yeah. The verse 19 again. Is this your son who ye say was born blind? How then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. Now, isn't that kind of a silly thing to say? Oh, look, this is my son. This is, this is, he was born this way. This is my son. They know what's going on. Can you imagine the sadness they had when their son was born blind? They know him. This is our son. But now look at what happens. And many of you will relate to this. But, verse 21, But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. Why are they saying that? He is of age. Ask him. He shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Now, here's what's going on. 
His parents' entire life was wrapped up in their Judaism and in the synagogue and in the temple. That's the basis. That's the center of their life. That's the center of their fellowship. That's the center of their cultural interaction, their social interaction. That is their national identity. But their son was just healed. And you see this all the time. People will, they'll they'll have a child that is a drug addict or is having trouble, a a child that's a wild child. That, that, That kid gets saved and they start coming to church. And now all of a sudden the parents are ashamed of their kids because their kids are talking about Jesus. It's almost like they'd rather them go back to using drugs than talk about Jesus. That happens over and over and over again. When a person comes and they get saved and they come into the baptistry and they get baptized, identifying with a local New Testament church and separating from the church that could not give them sight, those families, those families become ashamed. And it is amazing when you see the hope of Jesus Christ and you see the light of Jesus Christ and what that light brings to the life of that convert to see parents, even parents who are supposed to be saved when that child starts living for God and being separated from the world, how those parents will resist the change of God. It happens over and over and over again. Some of you in here, your parents and your families push you away and shun you because you have chosen to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not the first. You're not the last. And I promise you that Jesus Christ will bless you because of the, the, the decisions that you make. Now look at what happens. The parents aren't willing to give the answer. And so then look at verse 24. Then again, called they the man that was blind. They're really worried about this. Do you know why they're worried about it? Man, if this guy's healing blind folks, they're all going to follow him and we're going to lose our paycheck. The Bible actually says that in another passage. Look at verse 24. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. Now they get spiritual. Yeah, okay, all right. So you were healed. Okay, give the praise to God. We know that this guy didn't do it. Right? He's a sinner. Now look at this. Look at his growth. This, this blind man. He's a man. He's a prophet. Now he's being, Jesus Christ is being accused as a sinner. Now those of you who have been to Bible college, you know that there's a great discussion about the peccability or the impeccability of Jesus Christ. No, you didn't know that. Because no one cares. Bible college stuff, seminary stuff. That's the question. Could Jesus Christ have sinned or was it impossible for Him to sin? That's a discussion. All right, look at this. So verse, the end of verse 24. Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Do you know what I love about this? He's not giving these guys an inch. What does he have to lose? He's a beggar who is blind. Now he can see the whole world is before him, and he knows Jesus Christ. And here he is up against the leaders of his day. Give praise to God. The man's a sinner. Hey, I don't know whether he's a sinner or not, but I know that I was blind. Now I see. Do you know what the implication is? What did you do for me? I've been blind my whole life. 
You've not thought about me a bit. You don't even know who I am. And now you're worried about me. Look, I don't know whether he is a sinner or not, but I know that once I was blind and now I see. And here's what's going to happen. You start witnessing for Jesus Christ. And they're going to say, what about the lost people? What about this? How do you know that he created the world? Do you really believe all those miracles in the Bible? Do you really believe that this could have happened? I don't know. All I know is once I was blind, but now I see. Jesus Christ has changed my life. I don't have the answers to all your questions, but I know who Jesus is. Now look. Verse 26. Then said they unto him again, What did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? I love his answer. He answered them, I've told you already. And you did not hear. This is so funny. These are the religious leaders. He's just a beggar. Here's what he's saying to them. What? Are you stupid? I already said this to you. He answered them, I told you, I've told you already, and ye did not hear. Wherefore would you hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? What's he telling them? I'm a disciple. So what has happened? He's gone from being a blind man to talking about a man named Jesus who's a prophet. I don't know if he's a sinner, but I was blind, now I can see. And look, I know that you're seeking for his disciples to put him out of the temple. I'm one of them. Will you be one too? And, and that's what some of you did. You got saved and you went to the priest. You got saved and went to the, the religious leader that had been influencing you before. And it's a precious thing for a new convert to go to a, a person who is religiously blind and give them the gospel. You know that there have been priests who have been saved because of people that have given them the gospel? Other religious leaders that have come to Christ because of the change they've seen in someone? That happens. It didn't happen here in this text. But what a wonderful thing is that, that in the face of religious experts, he is testifying for Jesus Christ and claiming to be one of his disciples. That's a wonderful thing, and that's what we need to do. It's very easy to be intimidated because of our lack of knowledge. All of us have been there. You're in a situation, you're talking to somebody who knows more about a subject than you do, but you know what the truth is, right? Right? You know what the truth is. You don't know how the watch works, but you know what time it is. And that is what's happening here. Now, I love that. Will ye also be his disciples? And look at the way these highly spiritual people respond. Verse 28, Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. I was in New York City and uh, with a, on one of our Baptist history trips, and Doug Stoffer handed this lady right outside Central Park a track. And he said, here, this is, a, this is about Jesus. Uh, Jesus saves or something like that. And she said, yes, but Moses invests. <laughs> they are, the, the Jews would tell you they're disciples of Moses. We're disciples of Jesus. Who would Moses, who would Moses want us to be a disciple of? Jesus. Why? He prophesied about Jesus. Right? He wouldn't eat the food from the king's table, choosing rather the reproach of Christ. Moses wants us to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. This fellow, this guy, we know, Mo this guy, we don't know where he came from. 
Now, this is an amazing thing. Remember, this guy was a blind man, a beggar, sitting on the side of the road. All he knew is this is a man, Jesus Christ. That's all he knew. This man, Jesus Christ, healed me. Then later on, he says, hey, well, but we know that he's a prophet because never before has somebody done this. He's going to say that in a second. But we know that he's a prophet. You say he's a sinner. I don't know whether he's a sinner. I was blind, but now I see. And then he says, look, are you one of his disciples? I'm his disciple. You can be. And now they say to him, we don't know where this guy comes from. Now look at his answer. The man answered and said unto them, Why, herein is a marvelous thing. He's mocking them. Why, herein is a marvelous thing that ye know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, he, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. So now what does he say? He begins, he's a man, Jesus Christ. I don't know. Where is he? I don't know. He's a man, Jesus Christ. Now, but he's a prophet. We know that he's a prophet because only a prophet can open blind eyes. And he says, well, I don't know whether he's a sinner or not, but I know he opened my eyes and I'm one of his disciples. Oh, we don't know where he... How can you not know where he comes from? You say that God hears sinners. You say that God hears prayers. God heard his prayer and opened my eyes. How do you not know who he is? What's going on? He's witnessing for Jesus Christ. Where is he learning this information? God himself is making himself known through this man. Do you remember what it says in verse 3, middle of verse 3? but that the works of God should be manifested, should be made manifest in him. The work of God was made manifest, was made plain in this man. And now he's working for God. Right in the face of the religious leaders. This sermon, what a marvelous thing. How do you not know this? And this is what happens when you get saved. You come to church and you open up your King James Bible and you start learning and you're, you learn the words and you're comparing the words and you're understanding it. Then you go to some religious leader who says something about the Bible and say, no, 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 here, look at this. And you go page by page and you show him and he looks at you. I've never seen that before. Uh, how is it that this man hath this understanding seeing he's not a man of letters? Because I got a Bible. I got the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? And so this guy is testifying for Jesus. But look at what happens in verse 4. I'm sorry, verse 34. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins. Do you see that? What are they talking about? That Hosea 12.3. You were born in sins. And dost thou teach us? Who are you? To talk to me. I remember when I was a young preacher. I wish that I had learned this verse. The fool uttereth all his mind. I didn't learn that verse until about two years ago. Okay. I wish that I had known that. So I'd be with some preacher, some you know, 60-year-old preacher. And this guy's been in the ministry forever. And I just ask a question. And if he didn't get it right, I corrected him. Not supposed to do that. That's not respectful. That's not my job. That's not what I was supposed to do. Amen? But it's foolish. Fool utters all his mind. I, I, I was being foolish. That's not what's happening here. He is witnessing for Jesus Christ, 
And the answer is you're not qualified. And you know that Christians have been attacked that way by religious leaders all through history. You're not educated. You don't know what you're talking about. You're not allowed to comment on Scripture. You're not qualified. You can't handle the Scripture. You need me to do it. You know what? We don't need them. We don't need them. We have the Bible. Amen? The Bible tells us to thank the people that teach us the Bible and instruct us and, and um, give them respect for the work's sake. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about standing up to false teachers. It doesn't matter what their education level is. If they're wrong, they're wrong. And that's what's happening here. So, verse 34, Thou wast altogether born in sins. You ready for this? What would you, this is what happens when you witness. You're giving somebody the gospel. I tell Nick, hey, Nick, the Bible says, for all sin to come short of the glory of God. And you need to get saved. You're going to go to hell. Who, you just think you're, who do you think you are? You're not any better than me. Right, I know. Of course. You're a sinner too. Yeah, man. I'm sure I'm worse than you. Well, you... That's what's going on here. You're just a sinner. You can't talk to me. Of course I'm a sinner. That's the point. I was blind. Now I see. I want you to see too. I didn't do anything. This guy came along and put mud on my eyes. I don't, I, I don't know what happened. But here, you can, you can see too. Man, when people accuse us of, oh, you're just a sinner. Yes. Now, you're a hypocrite. Of course. Yeah. But I needed Jesus. You need Jesus too. I want you to have what I got. That's what's going on. And look at what it says. Verse 34 again, They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. Now, you've got to understand, very important, he has just been excommunicated. He's been kicked out of the temple. Someone said, It's better to be cast out than to be spewed out. Remember Revelation 3? Because thou art neither hot nor cold, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Well, I guarantee you this man was hot. Amen? But I love this. Look at verse 35. Here's what happens when you get cast out of the religious organization. And Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, what happened? Jesus came looking for him. Is that awesome? Jesus came looking for him. He doesn't need the synagogue. He's got Jesus. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he had worshipped him. What do we see? It starts out, this man, Jesus. Then all of a sudden he says, Look, he's a prophet. He's a sinner. I don't know whether he's a sinner or not, but I was blind. Now I see. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to be one of his. I, I, I'm going to follow him. Uh, how do you not know who he is? He's from God. He is obviously from God. So here's what happens. Somebody comes to you and tells you, hey, there's a man named Jesus. He was sinless. He died on the cross and rose from the dead for you. Clearly a prophet. He spoke what would happen. He was buried. He rose from the dead. He prophesied that he would be killed and rise from the dead, and he did it. He's the perfect. He's the sinless. 
Son of God, and He wants to be your Lord. And if you will bow before Him, worship Him as Lord, and receive Him, He will save you. Folks, you know what happened? You were completely blind, and Jesus Christ has given you sight. Are you ready for this? A guy that you've never seen has given you sight, just like this man. Have you bowed before him and called him Lord? Are you willing to boldly stand up and testify for him? Now look at what happens in the text. Verse 39. And Jesus... Now, I want to make a comment there. And he worshipped him. Remember what happens in the Bible when Peter bowed down to worship someone, a man. He said, no, he's an angel. Don't worship me. When John, when he's been taken up into heaven, bows down, he says, no, don't bow before me. I'm a man like you. In the Bible, when someone bows before another man who is not God, he's told to stand up. Jesus Christ allowed him to bow. If there's some religious leader that wants people to bow down before him, he's not of God. Right? We only bow before Jesus. Y'all don't bow before me. Right? We bow before. We bow together before Jesus Christ. Verse 39. And Jesus said, for judgment, I am... There's a point to all this. For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. What's he talking about? Now you've got a physical thing. He's talking about a spiritual thing here. You need to understand, you think that you're seeing. Because you have your religion, you think you see. You need to understand something. You're blind. Now look at what it says in verse 40. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Verse 41. Jesus said unto them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now ye say we see, therefore your sin remaineth. This is such an interesting thing. This is, this is accountability. If you had never seen the truth, if you were not able to comprehend the truth, you'd be okay. You can comprehend the truth and you're rejecting it. So think about a child. So Riley, our son Riley that we were talking about. He was profoundly retarded. He, he, he would never have developed beyond where he was. He died when he was about four and a half months old. All right? You know, I know that Riley's in heaven. Why? He had no capacity to receive Christ. He had no capacity to understand right from wrong. Right? So he was blind. He had no opportunity to see. So he just falls completely under the grace of God. Isn't that wonderful? You're not blind. You can see. If you're here this morning, you have heard clearly that Jesus Christ is God. You're a sinner. He's not. You deserve hell. He died on the cross so you can go to heaven. You must receive Him as Lord. If you don't, there's no hope for eternal life. You have heard the truth. You are not blind. It would be better for you if you had no opportunity for understanding than if you have opportunity for understanding and reject. That's what Jesus Christ is saying here. But look at the progression that this man made. He said, he's a man. He's a man. I don't know where he is right now. He's a man. 
I know that I was blind, but now I see. Well, he's a prophet. He's a prophet. I, I know that he's a prophet. Well, he's a sinner. No, I don't know whether he's a sinner or not, but once I was blind, but now I see. And you know what? I'm going to be one of his disciples. We don't know where he comes from. Of course you know where he comes from. He comes from God. He has to come from God. Because the Bible told us that this is what a prophet would do when he comes. He has to come from God. Get out. There's Jesus. Look, there are many people that need to leave their religion so they can find Jesus. Amen. Do you know Jesus? If you do, is your testimony as poignant as that of this man in John chapter 9? You don't have to be a Bible scholar to give a testimony. Look, I, I don't know what the Graf Wells and Documentary Hypothesis is, but I know Jesus Christ saved me. Amen. I don't know what higher criticism is. I don't know what open theology is. I don't know what all these theological discussions. You might ask me about punctuated equilibrium. I don't know what that is. I don't know. I know Jesus saved me. I know that Jesus saved me. And you can have all your questions answered if you'll come to Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the testimony of the blind man.